Well, hello, everybody. This is Hal. And this is Melanie. And we want to welcome you to another episode of Making Biblical Family Life Practical. And we are coming to you from an undisclosed location in central South Carolina. Where we are headed to the Florida Parent Educators Association Conference mm-hmm. in Orlando this weekend. And we got a we got a bunch of things coming up right now. We've, we've had a kind of busy season, and we've, we're going to be going from Orlando to Winston-Salem, North Carolina for the NCHE conference. And then to Richmond for the HEAV conference. And, um, and, and you know, some of these things, we've got family connections. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, like your, um, your great-great-great-grandfather is buried in the city central cemetery there in Nashville, so there, there's a family connection. We yeah. were there for teach them diligently. Yeah, he was one of the early settlers of Nashville. And, uh, and you know, when we go to Richmond, I've got family connections to Richmond because uh, part of my great-great-great-grandfather is buried in Richmond, too. Did you know about that? <laughs> I mean, the the rest of him came back to South Carolina, but I love you so much. <laughs> but you are such a troll, I swear. Well, just I mean, as straight faced, y'all. He was just as straight faced as the days long. Well, I mean, it was I, it was it was a sharp little skirmish he was involved with. I mean, uh, during the and war. And what did he lose? So, Go ahead and tell the rest of the well, story. Well, okay, now. so so his left leg is somewhere in the Richmond area, but the rest of him came back oh, to South Carolina. Goodness, hell. <laughs> but, okay, so, I quit. No. <laughs> <laughs> then after Richmond, we're going to be in Raleigh for a one-day event. Yes. And then in July, we're going to be in Phoenix, Arizona for AFHE, one of our favorite events. So, you know, come see us at these conferences. I have family that went to Arizona, too. <laughs> they go back. <laughs> they, I know. You're, yeah. you're great aunts. Yes. yes. That's they, right. They taught English on the Navajo reservation, I think. That's correct. Okay. That's correct. So. All right. So anyway, anyway y'all. Yes. We're a little bit. Um, I think the word is punchy. Punchy. Because we're exhausted because we packed all day. I hate packing to go places. Um, traveling light is not something we do. And we can't. Well, we can't. We, we can't. And so we travel heavy and it's a major production. And we're, we're actually down a little bit on our crew. Yes. And so we're, we're having to do double duty on a few things. and So by the time we get out of the house, I'm like crazy. My eyes are bugging out. Yeah. So anyway, but we are looking forward to being in Orlando. And if you are listening to this and you see us in Orlando, please come up and say howdy. We'd you know love to meet you. We love to do that. We love to, to talk to podcast listeners. I got to have dinner with some podcast listeners um, last was it week before last? When we were in Mobile. Yes, we did. That's that right. That was a lot of fun. So y'all come up and say hi. We mm-hmm. would love to meet you and hear you because you know, we're talking to that little blue light. And we can't see you, even though sometimes you can see us if you're on our YouTube channel. Okay. But at any rate, that's yeah, that's what's, that's what's on the agenda right now because we are in the busy travel season. And um, we're in the season going to be for t- the next few weeks. Where we yeah. turn into white-headed gnomes. Uh, no, you know, I love what we do. I wouldn't trade with anybody. It is so much fun. But about this time of year, I'm getting pretty pooped. Well, I mean, it's, you know, it's like harvest season in, in, for the farmers, you know. Sure. You, you, you go like crazy for a few weeks there because that's when, that's when the opportunity's there. And so. Well, I just can't figure out why we can put men on the moon, but the world is full of bad mattresses. Hmm. Our priorities are all messed up. Well, okay. (laughs) We can probably do a show about that sometime. Yes. All right. Uh, But we better talk about what we're going to talk about because that's what these people are waiting to hear, not our nonsense. Okay. So um, 
we had a conversation the other day, and I thought, well, that's that's an interesting topic to bring up. We were we were chatting with a friend of ours at church, and talking about you know young people growing up, and moving out, and some going to college, and some not, and some I'm not moving out, and you know we were just sort of talking about that. And well, the, you know this mm-hmm. this dear friends mm-hmm. children, uh, he has a couple of adult kids who are still living at home, and we have four really five because we're about to graduate our fifth yeah adult kids who have all left home at 18 19 whenever they go to college and you know as we were talking to him we started talking about some of the advantages of a child leaving home and that's something you don't hear very much and you don't hear very much in the homeschool movement definitely mm-hmm. but i think it bears saying i think it bears mentioning because because people don't talk about it. You know, I, what I hear from moms mm-hmm. is, oh, no, my child's leaving home. And they'll, they'll st- say that starting at 11 or 12. They're like, don't talk to me. I can't bear the thought of them leaving home. And there are very good things about your kids growing up. Mm-hmm. And I think that when we realize how good some of those things are, that we can feel better about it. And I think it's important that we talk to our young people about that and to kind of give them a vision for the future, you know, to say, hey, you know, um, there is life past high school graduation, and it's it needs to be purposeful. It needs to have some, you need to have some plan in mind. Uh, and, and that was one of the things that you, you hear this a lot in homeschooling circles, you know, people saying, oh, well, you know, college isn't for everybody. You shouldn't. You shouldn't expect everybody's going to go to college. I said, well, and that is true. But but what we see a lot of is is kids that say, well, I'm not interested in going to college. But the reason they're not interested in going to college is they're not interested in doing anything. And you're not going to be successful at starting a business mm-hmm. or starting a career or working in a factory even mm-hmm. if you have no motivation whatsoever. And and we shouldn't confuse the two because I mean, if somebody is saying, yes, I'm planning to go to college, That's that gives them a focus and a purpose beyond high school graduation. For at least four years. For at least a few years. But, you know, if you if you don't have that as your as your goal... you got to have some there goal. There needs to be some sort of thing. And this is super important for your boys. And so, and so yeah, I mean, that's something we need to talk about. We need to think about it ourselves. Well, and it's really important for our boys because boys are not motivated by... Um, cause mommy wants you to do this. I mean, that's just, they're not, especially not as teenagers. Right. They're motivated by the future. And if they don't have a clear idea that they're going to have to be able to support themselves mm-hmm. then they lose their motivation. Yeah. And I, I think that's where we've really gone wrong in the homeschool movement because we said, oh, well, you don't have to go to college. True. Right. Our kids have gone to college, but you don't have to. Right. But you do have to do something. Right. You have to become an adult and begin contributing to society and and be able to support yourself and your family. And, you know, it, it was, I think it was easier in earlier generations when you grew up on the family farm and you did whatever education you were going to do, but you just knew that when you got old enough, you were going to be... Well, old enough was probably 10 years old you were going to be working on the farm alongside with your dad and your uncles and your brothers 
and maybe when you got to a certain age, dad might might give you part of his land to start your own farm with to settle your own family on. But you know, it was just expected. You just pitch in, and you're going to be part of the whole crew that's running the farm or the family business or you know whatever. Well, that's the way I grew up. That's mm-hmm. the way our kids have grown up. But you know, a father recently said. Well, I, I don't really understand how you raise your kids to work and to be diligent and to want to work. And he said, unless you just make them work. And I and I thought, uh, well, uh, yes. You, you, yeah. That, it never you, occurred to me to ask them whether they wanted to work or not. It's just part of being a member of our family that when you get old enough, you climb out of the wagon and you help pull it. Right. You know, that we all work together our whole lives. We work together to support the community we're a part of. Right. You know, that we, whether that's by washing dishes or feeding the dog or whatever, we're all contributing. Mm -hmm. Even the baby contributes by making everybody laugh and smile. Right. Everybody contributes. And so, yeah, uh, you have to make them work. (laughs) Uh, Step one. You also yeah. have to ha- help them have a vision beyond high school. What am I going to do? Mm. You know, and understand that that means you've got to do something that people are willing to pay you for so that you can continue to. Yeah. And whether that's you, you labor at somebody else's endeavors and they pay you for that, or you produce a product or a service of your own that people are willing to pay for. I mean, that's, that's part of what we do is, you know, training our kids and training ourselves to think in terms of being producers and not just consumers. Yes. And and that's a that that's something we have to think about. And it's easy to just drift. And it, particularly, I know it was harder to think that way when I was working in a corporate job because there wasn't any way I could include my family. Yeah. I mean that that I couldn't even if it was you know take your kid to work day there was very 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 little opportunity for them to participate and to do something productive other than you know a field trip opportunity and so you kind of thought of well there's the production world out here and then there's not and the kids are in the not category yeah and that's one reason i love being entrepreneurs and being in ministry is our kids can come alongside us and work alongside us and they've learned so much But still, your kids can work around the house. They can have jobs. They can start businesses. Right. You know, they we need to be intentionally preparing them for adulthood. And I think we need to get it out of our heads that our kids growing up is a bad thing. You know, I now I'm not saying like I've heard so many worldlings say I can't wait till my kids leave home and then I can really have fun. Mm -hmm. I don't feel that way at all. I miss them. I love them so much. Right. But I want to see them become what God has created them to be. Yeah, and God did not create them to be the, the kids in the basement in their, in their late 20s waiting for lightning to strike somewhere. Yeah, he didn't make them to just sit and entertain themselves. They right. have a role in the kingdom of God. And yeah. y'all, listen to me. It is so exciting to see them taking their place in the world. Mm-hmm. To see them to see them develop careers and contribute to the, to the economy, to see them contributing in their church and becoming leaders and, and 
active members of their church to see them having a family. Mm-hmm. This is fun. It's a blast having adult kids. Well, we have certainly enjoyed it. And as you said, we've got, you know, uh, three of ours have gone to college, graduated from college, and they're doing grown-up things now. We've got one who's finishing up college very soon. And one the who's fifth one about headed to, to college in a few months. And, and this is the... You know, it's the high school graduation season right now, so it's natural for people to be thinking about, now what? And, of course, that should have been something you've been talking about for years, but... But I think it gives our kids a different pet pick mm-hmm. idea when we say, I can't believe you're graduating, too. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited that you're graduating. I can't yeah. wait to see what God is going to do with your life. Yeah. You know, because we don't want to give our kids a fear of the future. The... We've talked about this in podcasts before, but it is ridiculous how slowly this generation is growing up. And this is not a... This is not a homeschool problem. This is not, not a Christian not problem. Not at all. This is something, in fact, you can uh, go back and look, listen to our episode about um, Jean Twangy's book, iGen, where she's yes. talking about characteristics of the current, <clears throat> excuse me, the current generation uh, following up on the millennials, the ones who are right now, they're the leading edge graduating out of high school high school and college you know they have grown up with smartphones they've grown up highly connected and you know some of the characteristics that she brings out um is is a great fearfulness and a hesitation yes to move into adult roles which that you know we shouldn't accept that we shouldn't just just assume that well that's the way kids are these days well, why? God why, is, why? Who says? God has been sovereign over my life. I don't need to fear my kids' lives. God is just as sovereign over their lives, too. Mm-hmm. And we need to give our kids instead the courage to understand that God is in control mm-hmm. and that he loves them and cares for them and that it's a fun, exciting thing to be in the adult world. And instead mm-hmm. of the 20, 25 is a new 15, right. like those researchers at UVA found that what we expect of of 25 year olds now yes is the same thing just a few generations ago that people expected 15 year olds and it doesn't have to be that way it doesn't it it doesn't it's so much better let's take a short break and Mm -hmm. after the break though we're going to talk about re things that are good about your kids leaving home good for them good for you good for the other siblings right and please hang on and listen to this because i think it's super important Let's talk for a minute about our sponsor, the Evangelical Christian Credit Union, Mm -hmm. because this is such a great segue, segue, because one of the ways that you prepare your kids for adulthood is by teaching them to manage money. You know, that's one of the things that, that's what adults do. Now, frankly, a lot of adults struggle with it, but I mean, it's, again, it doesn't have to be that way. And they have a, um, they have a real emphasis at the Evangelical Christian Credit Union of, of starting young, of teaching your young people how to how to manage money, how to think of money and in budgeting and saving and, and spending responsibly. Um, well, and yeah, I, I remember our kids saving for big things that they wanted. Right. You know, saving for a car, saving for you know, you remember when Matt bought his first car and he was so proud of himself that he was able to do that. Yep. And you know, I remember him just putting that money away in his bank account, watching it grow, mm-hmm. and getting so excited over it. And you can t- let your kids do that too. They've mm-hmm. got these cool bank accounts called Start Young Banking Accounts yes. at ECCU. It's just set up to help you walk your children 
into fiscal responsibility because you can monitor what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You, as they're more skilled, you give them more independence and more trust. Mm-hmm. And it just, it, it's a gradual learning experience. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So if you want to get more information about this, uh, yes. what's the link they gave us for that? Okay. Go to eccu.org slash real. R-E-A-L. Like raising real men. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. And so check it out. They've got a lot of cool things. You're going to love it. Now, how I want to talk about good things we have seen from our kids growing up and leaving home. And, you know, again, not to say, whee, that's one less mouth to feed and we've got that much more freedom, but rather no. to say, no, we're seeing our young people maturing into adult independence and taking those first steps oftentimes is when they graduate from high school and they move off to college or they get an apartment somewhere and start a job, you know, just whatever that path is. But well, those steps away from the steps away from the mom and dad's direction and rather their own responsibility. Well, they start leaving our direction so that they can follow the Holy Spirit on their own. And see what's really cool about that mm-hmm. is that when they leave our home, they're they learn some things that are just amazing. For example, they learn to appreciate their family because all this time they've been thinking oh mom and dad are so strict and they do all these boring things and they get away to college mm-hmm. and like i remember every single one of ours in the fall has said mom i don't get it fall break is coming up and i cannot wait to get home and my friends are like oh no i have to go home mama why don't they want to go home you know i think i don't think this is a new thing i think there's always been that sense of our kids just don't know how well how good they've got it. You know, when I was when I was their age, I walked five miles to school uphill both directions, and you know that I think that's the, almost a caricature. It's almost a parody of itself. But I think all parents do that to some extent. However, you know, it is a true thing that when they do move out from under our our umbrella, if you will, they start to see oh, every family doesn't operate like out like ours, and hopefully. Um, our families, you know, their experience in our family measures up quite well in the comparison. Well, I remember one of ours saying earlier this year, mm-hmm. he was home on a break and we had a family devotions. And he said, after the other, the little kids left, yeah, he said, mom, dad, don't ever stop doing that with the younger kids. Mm-hmm. And I said, really? You know, I seem to remember you pushing back some. And he said, I know, but I was wrong. He said, it has amazed me to see how little my friends, I mean, Christian friends raised in Christian families, yeah. how little they know about the Bible. And I, I never realized how just hearing y'all read the Word of God every day, how mm-hmm. much that sank into my being. And now mm-hmm. I know so much more than my friends about it. Thank mm-hmm. you for doing that. And I was like, whoa, angels start singing, you know? Yeah, and and, and so that's that's a very definite thing, that they get out and they realize everybody's experience has not been the same. And, you know, a lot of the wisdom that your parents shared with you that maybe you pushed back a little bit because you wanted to establish your own independent identity, you realize, oh, there was a reason for some of these things <laughs> they, that they expected of us. And, you know, I, I, one thing that's been kind of interesting, and this, mom and dad, if you are homeschooling your kids, you will never hear this from your nine-year-old. Yeah. But every single one of our guys, when they have gone off to college, 
um, in just a few months, they call back and they'll say, Mom, thank you so much for homeschooling me. Yes. You know, because because they realize they've I'm like, learned can habits. can I use that as a ringtone? <laughs> yeah, because they have learned, they learned certain habits, particularly of self-management, of self-direction. Because that, I just can't spoon feed it to everybody. Right, right. And, and so they, they really have a leg up on a lot of the things they're expected to do in college that a lot of their classmates don't. Yeah, like just keeping track of when assignments are due uh, and reading the book on their own and doing and preparing for class. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, they, they've all said how much they appreciate that. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things, too, is that some of our kids at, at 17, 18, I'm thinking, I don't know. He seems kind of lukewarm in the faith. He's not mm-hmm. really as strong, you know, as gung-ho as I'd like for him to be. It's like when he got out and looked at the world and realized what the world was like, he realized he had to take a stand. It had to be one thing or the other. It's like when they got out of the greenhouse. Yes. Know, and, and they get out in the world and, and they are, uh, they're confronted by things. And we, you know, we try to, to train our young people when they're teenagers how to be discerning, you know, how to recognize what the world is about and how that differs from what God is about and to, uh, to prepare them to, to answer those temptations or those arguments or whatnot. Um, and, and that's something that doesn't, that doesn't just descend on them like the Holy Spirit when they're 19. I mean, it's something they, you, you build into their lives when they're teenagers, but it's when they get out there and realize, you know what, um, this is not a matter of I'm going to church because mom and dad go to church and that's what our family does. I've got a choice to make. Do I go or do I not go? Because yes. nobody's here to make me. And nobody's necessarily going to know if I don't go. Well, I remember one of my one of ours. I was talking to him on the phone. I said, "So, so what's going on? What what have you learned this week?" He said, "Well, actually, what I learned this week wasn't in class." I said, "Really? What?" And he said, "I learned that I really have got to read the Bible myself because if I don't, I just I feel like I'm drowning. There's just so much here, so much of the world here, and so many." bad attitudes and awful things i feel like i've got to spend time in the word myself and i'm like yes yes yep <clears throat> you know another thing too when they when they leave home they've got to they got to be prepared to step up and to make adult decisions yeah to take responsibility for things to pay bills on time and yeah. you know to balance their, their bank statements and stuff like that and um you know one of the characteristics now that is in the culture, I guess, is the snowplow parent. And we have, you know, when a few years ago, people talked about helicopter parents that were, you know, hovering overhead waiting to, to pluck their children from, from trouble. <clears throat> but it's gone beyond that now to the point of people are, people are acting like big lawnmowers or something out there, and they're, they're getting obstacles out of the way of their young people um, rather than saying, hey, you know what? Grown-ups need to work through these things. I, you know, I'll yeah. coach you, I'll help you, I'll prepare you, but you've got to you got to walk this path on your own. I mean, yeah. you're you're a grown-up now, and well, and I think boys kind of need responsibility in order to take responsibility, right? You know, and so when the when the responsibility is suddenly theirs, they're like, oh, well, okay, well, I better do this. Yeah, and it changes their attitude. You, you know, know, one one thing we haven't talked about though, and I don't want to run out of time before we say this, right? One of the biggest benefits I've seen from our kids leaving home yes. has been the effect on the younger siblings. I was just about to say that. Because 
That yep. was a surprise to me. Yep. That as each child has left home, the child at home yep. has st- has become the oldest child at home. It's like every child gets a chance to be the oldest child. Gets and, a chance to be the eldest to the, res- the responsible one. And I totally had no expectation about that. No, but that, it has been cool. The, the, the amount of growing up they've done in those last two years at home mm-hmm. as the next older brother has left has been amazing. Oh, it's been and gratifying. Yes. It's something we've rejoiced over. Uh, they, yeah, it, they, they really like have become adults they have during that time. They step into that role, and that's been a benefit. And, and, and you know, and, it's been good for our relationship with them. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you have... You're, the oldest one at home is the one you turn to. It's the one that you give the the responsibility that can't go wrong. Right. It's the one that you that you just tend to to share things with and say, "Oh, did you notice this?" Right. And I think that with each child as they become the oldest at home, right, we've grown in our relationship with them. I, I think that's true, and I think that. Um... You know, we've tried to be intentional with our with our young people when they reach 12, 13 years old or whatever to start making a, a transition to treating them as adults and not as our kids, you know, mm-hmm. not treating them like children. And when that, that oldest one, whoever the oldest one at the moment, that's the one who's going to be the most, you know, treated the most like an adult. And it, it's good because those last, you know, as you say, those last couple of years when older brother has gone off to college or whatever, that, um, you know, those last couple of years, now the younger son gets to be the oldest. And they they step into that role. We see them in that role. Um, it's a very natural, almost like a finishing process. It really is. And I just, I, I, I kind of, you know, there are good reasons that people have had their kids stay home that mm-hmm. like a child might say, I want to stay home and, you know, save money and go to school nearby. And I, right. I, I can understand that. You, you got to do what yeah. you got to do to survive. But there have just been some super benefits to those younger kids. Yeah. The, the growing up process has been good, the relationship process. And, and just, and the ones that have left really come back with a new appreciation. Uh-huh. And I think it's helped relationships too because as they come back yeah they you know the the younger kids see them in a new light you know right. they, they become the big brother who's a grown-up you know yeah and and i think that's been cool too to see the the change that you know there's uh, kids in the home yeah there's a, there's always a little bit of you know give and take you know i want to do this i want no i want to do that and you know the bickering and stuff but when they leave home, it seems like a lot of that stuff dies down. I think that, yeah, and I think, too, that um, um, the ones that move away and establish their independent identity, you know, they have a new a new kind of confidence in themselves. But I think when they come home and they see the younger sibling who have moved into that place, and the, I think that they can appreciate more, hey, they, they're growing up, too. Yes. And, and so I think there's... You see their relationship maturing, you know, as yes. as the 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 older the older child comes back home for visits or whatever, and and they see the, the formerly the younger sibling is doing the same things they did when they were in 
you know, seniors in high school. And, yeah, and, and, and I think that's a good thing. Yeah, and sometimes our kids that are older have invited the next one mm-hmm. to come visit them at college or to do special things with them. Right. And it's like their relationship transitions into an adult relationship. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, is the very best thing about our kids growing up mm-hmm. is how their relationship with us and with each other has matured and changed right from you know the the parent child the benevolent dictator and all that yeah. and equal siblings to to now we can have a fellowship as adults in Christ as brothers yeah. and sisters in Christ and seeing yeah. I get tears in my eyes thinking about it how yeah. the relationship that our older kids have with each other and with us yes. you know that they help each other they, you know, if one of them has a need, like one of ours moved recently, and yeah. everybody came and helped him paint the house and move his stuff, and they had so much fun doing it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the the relationship we've been able to have with them, and praying with them, and mm-hmm. them praying for us, and encouraging each other, and helping each other, they help us as much as we help them. Right. And I guess I didn't really realize what that was going to be like. Even though, yeah, I've got my mother's a Christian. You're. Your mother yep. isn't, but I didn't quite realize having a group of us like this, you right. know, five adult right. kids and us, just what that would mean to have that kind of loving community of adult Christians. You know, there was just a lot of things that we just didn't know to look forward to. Yes. I mean, we we said yes to, to having more children than, than just the, the average two or whatever, and we didn't really know what we were getting into. We just felt like this is where the Lord wanted us to go. But, you know, at every turn, we have seen unexpected blessings coming out of it. And now as more and more of them, I mean, we're about to the, we're at the tipping point right now. We're going to be, we're going to be on the small side of our family arc. Yes. Uh, again, you know, we're going to have fewer at home. Then we than, have than grown we've up. Got out in the, out in the big grown up world. And that's going to be a change for us. But, as we've seen them all set off, you know, take flight on their own, that again, that has just been amazing, unexpected blessings and seeing them walking with the Lord when we don't require them to, we can't make them do it. They're not compelled. It's something that they've made a decision about and that they're being faithful to. That has all been just a huge, huge blessing. So listen, mom and dad, mm-hmm. you don't have to be afraid of this. Uh-uh. You don't have to fear it. You don't have to dread it. It's going to be a blast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, be faithful. What is it? You know, mm-hmm. in due season we shall reap if we faint not. I was thinking there is no greater joy. There's no greater joy than to hear that your children walk in the truth. Precisely. Boy, it's the truth. All okay. right, guys. All right, look, so we're we're about out of time here, but we just want to say we appreciate you joining us. We do want you to please check in with our sponsor, the Evangelical Christian Credit Union, eccu.org slash real. And... Uh, we hope that if you see us at a homeschool conference, that you'll come up and say hello. And if you don't see us at a homeschool conference, that you'll find the organizer and say, hey, you need to contact Hal and Melanie Young. We'd love to see them here. Check out our speaking website at halandmelanie.com, mm-hmm. our blog, and all our resources. You need to get out there and get our books and stuff mm-hmm. at raisingrealmen.com. Okay. We'll see you later, guys. All right. So until next time, thanks for joining us. I'm Hal. And I'm Melanie. We'll talk to you later. Bye, y'all. You've been listening to Making Biblical Family Life Practical with Hal and Melanie Young. If you found this program interesting, challenging, and encouraging, why not join us on the web at halandmelanie.com. 
That's H-A-L-A-N-D-M-E-L-A-N-I-E.com. Or follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook slash Alan Melanie or Facebook.com slash Raising Real Men. This program is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Join us next week when we'll be back to talk about making biblical family life practical. Until then, thank you and God bless you for listening.